Hello, and welcome to another episode of Right Brain Rounds. Today, I have Dr. Tala Kasim with us, and she is an ophthalmology-trained, residency-trained uh, physician, and also did a fellowship in glaucoma. And so she's super specialized and is here today to talk to us about her journey through burnout and becoming um, a life coach and to give us some resources here to help other physicians who might be struggling in the same types of scenarios uh, in a you know field that can be very taxing and you know especially with her specialization. So thank you so much, um, Dr. Tala. I am so glad to talk to you today. Thank you, Karina. Thanks for having me on. Yes. Um, I also love that we're fellow DOs. <laughs> So <laughs> Me it's too. Been, been wonderful to um, find and interview other osteopathic physicians um, with the type of training that I've had. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you started medical school and, you know, finally got to your pinnacle and fellowship in glaucoma. I mean, which I'm sure that was very competitive to, you know, be one of the only people in that program, but, you know, tell us all about it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, you know, choosing medical school as a fellow DO, I'm sure this was, you know, impacted your decision, but I was looking for something with a holistic nature. I had a background in nutrition, a degree in nutrition and considered becoming a nutritionist, but wanted to further my education and wanted to, you know, be the doctor that really sat with patients and, um, you know, didn't just treat them as a number and, um, you know, gave them that face-to-face -face time. So went to an osteopathic medical school thinking I would do primary care and then ended up just really falling in love with ophthalmology, had a great mentor, uh, when I was a med student and, um, got really excited about it and matched to, you know, an MD, um, ophthalmology program. And then, uh, from there decided to do glaucoma. And, um, again, I, I like, diseases with that continuity of care and, um, you know, really being able to make an impact in people's lives and help people with a disease that a chronic disease that can lead to blindness and, um, give them that support. So the flip side of that is it can be very draining. And along the way, I realized I was kind of getting too involved and caring too much, which I'm sure, you know, most patients don't think that's possible, but um, investing so much in what I was doing that I was getting burned out and feeling this urge that I needed to fix people. I was in a surgical specialty. I was helping people not go blind. It was my job. And if they went blind, it was my fault. And so there was a lot of, you know, thought work there that I later found was not serving me. Um, but at the time, you know, just thought that that's how it was. And, you know, this is why I went into medicine to help people. So, um, as I finished my training, I, um, started my family and I have two boys now, but, um, when I was pregnant with my second son, we realized my first son may have autism. And so I was going down that path and there was a lot of uncertainty with that. So, it was scary and stressful. Um, and there was a lot I needed to do. So I took some time off from work and kind of realized, man, I'm so burned out. I had tried things up to that point to improve it and just felt like I needed to leave that I was done with medicine. There was no other option and, um, needed to move on to the next thing. And in that process, I found coaching and went through my own program and it was really life-changing and helped me so much to not only feel like I'm not alone 
and um, also helped me, you know, gain more tools to feel better and show up to work differently. So I decided to get certified as a life coach. And now I'm actually still seeing patients and enjoying my work in a way that I've never been able to before, not feeling like I need to fix people. <laughs> and um, also now working with fellow physicians who are experiencing burnout and helping them get to a better place with better work-life balance. I think it's really interesting that, um, I mean, cause I share a lot of the same sentiments as you in patient care that like, if you don't do X, Y, Z, then the patient is going to go blind. Mm -hmm. Or if I don't do X, Y, Z, my patient will have a stillbirth, you know, looking at situations in medicine, I think it can be generalized to all fields mm -hmm. that if we don't do something that we're going to be the cause of an adverse outcome, whereas it probably was going to happen anyway. So I think really wrapping our minds around the fact that we can't always change the outcomes, but we can be supportive and helpful to our patients, you know, to an end where it's healthy and that, you know, it's not to the detriment of our own health or well-being because we're putting so much time into this and neglecting ourselves as physicians. I mean, we need to take care of ourselves, as, you know, as well. So I'm sure that's something that you learned with coaching yeah. mm -hmm. and, you know, now being a coach, um, you know, you probably have a lot of resources from your experience and also from your, you know, official training on how other people can, can learn from those experiences that you've had. Absolutely. Yeah. That's been a huge shift is exactly like having to recognize it's their disease. We can only do so much. And like you said, I mean, we can try to intervene, but you know, sometimes it's just inevitable. This was always going to happen for them, but that doesn't mean it was our fault or that we failed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the litigious nature of being in medicine um, can make us feel and believe otherwise that it is our fault or that, you know, something happened because we didn't do you know, a procedure correctly or counsel a patient correctly or intervene in a timely manner. So, you know, I think um, the mindset of a physician who is going through burnout, you know, whether it's because of a bad patient outcome, um, being overworked, uh, seeing too many patients a day, um, losing their emotional um you know, ability to care about what is going on, um, you know, becoming numb to different situations. You know, I think a lot of that can be helped with coaching and, you know, giving that client a reality check that, you know, it really doesn't all depend on you, but um, there are other external forces that can make us think that way, um, especially, you know, if, if there is litigation involved or anything like that. So Definitely. I would just like to point that out. Yes. No, that's definitely yeah. true. Yeah. And like you said, with the coaching tools, um, you know, you mentioned part of the problem, sometimes we get burned out is seeing too many patients. And so one of the things I've learned through coaching, is it better to see less patients, but able to keep doing that, right? Like staying in your job versus seeing more, but then getting burned out and then quitting. And then how many do you 
see, you know, that then you're not seeing anyone. So being able to put a limit, we can't help everyone. We can't see everyone, especially in our subspecialties, you know, the more subspecialized we are, I can't see every single glaucoma patient. It's just not possible. And then also, if you look at efficacy of what we do as physicians and what we recommend and, you know, how we intervene, um, you can't assign a price tag to that. Um, you know, an accountant or an administrator might look at our, our VUs or how many patients we see every day, but, you know, the way that we are effective as physicians is by interacting with people, physical exam, talking with people, getting to know them. And, you know, like for instance, if I'm going to see 30 to 40 high-risk patients a day, I don't think that's effective and um, I'm not doing justice to my patients in okay. in that environment, whereas I can take the time that I need with patients, you know, on a daily basis, if I'm in control of the situation in my private, you know, solo practice saying, hey, my limit is 12 patients a day. <laughs> and right. I know the patients love it, but, you know, not everyone can do that, but you know, scaling back on the amount of patients that you see and giving quality care to those people. I'm sure they're all very appreciative of that and it's quality work. Exactly. Yeah. That's been a huge shift for me. And mine was more going part-time. It's it's hard for me to control how many patients are scheduled in a day. So instead of being there, you know, as many days, I've limited the number of days. So it's busy, but I'm not doing it five days a week. And that's way more manageable for me. And like you said, it's, I'm showing up better because I'm not seeing 50 patients five days a week. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, also recognizing that, you know, you have a family, you have other commitments, um, you know, it's not just to your patients, but you've got other life commitments and things that, you know, are leading to your legacy in medicine that need to be, you know, uh, paid attention to, tended to, and, um, you know, being able to step back a little bit as far as time-wise from, you know, a, a very intense career in medicine that's very specialized, um, I think is something that a lot of people can learn from um, in your example. And, you know, sometimes it's not possible student loans, you know, uh, monetary commitments and things like that, that, you know, not everyone can just say, all right, I'm going to work part-time now, but, um, you know, that, that's something that, you know, I, I think is, is very admirable, um, you know, to look at your career and see how you did champion for yourself. Yeah. And I, and I think too, I work with clients to think outside of the box because a lot of people come in burnout and they think, okay, well, my only options are to keep doing this the way I'm doing it or to leave. And part of my job as a coach is to show them they have so many more options. For me, it looked like going part-time, but that's not necessarily true for everyone. Like you said, maybe for financial reasons, or maybe they don't want to, but you could even make changes to the way your schedule is, like their hours they're working. You know, I've worked with clients who said, okay, well, I work in an outpatient clinic, but I'd rather work seven to three so that I can have that time in the afternoon with my kids versus the normal eight to five. And it may not sound like a big difference, but these little subtle shifts really can impact your day-to-day -day and um, your fulfillment. And then you're able to do more of what you want to do. So 
like I said, it's like, there's so many more options that we just don't see when we get to that point of burnout. And I think another thing that people don't realize is they, they can ask for what they need. You know, the answer may be no, but in championing for themselves, you know, that seven to three um, schedule might actually work better for some patients who are also working during a busy day. And, you know, they might want to go and see the doctor before they go to work. So, you know, that, that might actually be a benefit for the organization that the physician is working for. For sure. That is huge. And I think especially for women in medicine, we don't ask for what we want. And like you said, we might get a no or just fear of being the one who doesn't seem like a team player or kind of stepping out of lines. And it's just so far from the truth. And I think it, you would be surprised at how much you can get just by asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, so looking at your career and your subspecialty, um, how, how many people are in the glaucoma uh, arena? Do you know how many subspecialists there are? Um, well, I don't know the exact number. I know there's a shortage and I know most places are hiring mm-hmm. and Um, you know, we've been looking for a few years and haven't been able to fill our position. We probably need two more realistically, two new people. Um, and you know, I talked to my residency and and they asked me, do you know anyone who needs a job we're looking to hire? So, you know, there's definitely a shortage throughout the country. And I think it's, it's really wonderful to be talking to a woman in a subspecialty surgical field. Um, about how people can champion for themselves in a medical career, especially women. Um, Who do you tend to work with when you're um, talking with clients and and coaching other physicians? Like what's your target market? Yeah, I um, tend to work with, you know, usually um, other female physicians. I worked with some men, but usually women, and then usually kind of, you know, early to mid-career as well, Um, you know, young moms, and um, I've worked with subspecialists and then I've worked with general, you know, family medicine doctors to pathologists. So kind of all over the spectrum, but um, yeah, kind of people who are at like at the point of burnout that they think they need to leave. And then people who are earlier and kind of noticing I'm starting, if I keep on this track, I think I'm going to get burned out. I want to make changes now. So it's, it's nice to meet people where they're at and see them at different points in their journey and figure out, you know, what kind of changes do they want to make to uh, make things better? What do you think is um, the most common change that, like, if you look at little steps over time that you can make in a career to help alleviate or, you know, decrease the risk for burnout, what what is one thing that you can tell your clients um, that, would help them with dealing with burnout or preventing it to begin with? Yeah, honestly, learning how to say no. (laughs) Um, So often I talk to clients who they just feel like if I say no, I'm not going to be a team player. I'm, they're not going to like me. I'm going to be, you know, in trouble or just not liked. And that's the number one thing that and getting clear on what you really want. 
I would say if I can answer two things, Mm -hmm. because I think, again, like when we go through medicine as a med student, you don't get to choose, right? You just show up and work. And then as an intern, as a resident, you start to get more autonomy and doing what you want. But I think you just get in this mindset of like, I just do what I'm told to do or, you know, what I should do versus what I want. And if you can start to get in tune with what you truly want, whether that's coming in at 7 a.m. or seeing less patients or, you know, structuring your day differently, taking on less projects or just being more particular, which projects you want and only doing the ones that you really want to do. And I mean, that could change everything. I think that's really true. And, you know, it could be universally applied to even the business of medicine. Like I've, I've gone into talking to clients about making a plan, like your legacy plan, kind of like a business plan for, you know, a practice where you look at what the end game is, you know, what is your, you know, exit strategy. You start from the beginning. I mean, you look at the beginning of any business and you start with the end in mind Um, and, you know, kind of looking at what, you want your legacy in your field to be? And then what are the steps that you have to go through to get there? And what are the things that are the most important to you? Like creating a mission statement for your life Mm -hmm. or, you know, a vision statement for your life, you know, whether that be writing down professional goals or personal goals, you know, I think if it's written down to, you know, they've, there have been many studies that say that if you write down your goals, you're going to have more of a likelihood to achieve them. Um, if it's simply written down, because then you know that that's what you're striving for. So, you know, and then I think I love that you're working with kind of the younger, uh, people in, in the medical, you know, field, the people that are, I guess, you know, early in their career, because if you challenge kind of the traditional path or, you know, put questions out there as to like, well, why can't I do it this way instead of the way it's always been done and, you know, do it in a way that makes me happy, you know, mm-hmm. select the things that I like to do and focus on those. Um, so, you know, I think uh, talking to people who are early in their career, you know, I graduated from medical school 20 years ago, um, almost 21 years ago now. Um, And, you know, just really challenging those people to say, guess what, you, you can do it differently, but they tell you that you have to do it this way, that they tell you. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The institution of medicine makes you feel like you're supposed to do it this way, but there's lots of other ways that you can have a career in medicine. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That is the exciting thing because, um, like I said, the, the possibilities are there. We just don't know it because we don't, that's not what's role modeled for us. So, um, yeah, it's cool to change, you know, change the way we do things and be a role model for other people to see that they can do it differently and they don't have to leave. Uh, if you want to leave great, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And you can be a mom or a parent um, and be successful at that and have a successful medical career. You just have to work on ways that 
it works for you and your schedule. And um, then ultimately patient care um, is not sacrificed with that when physicians are happy. And also, you know, financially for institutions, um, they're able to keep physicians and not have to invest in finding new people, um, you know, turnover, you know, it could be up to a million dollars per physician with each um, turnover, you know, if, if they can just be um, worked with and, you know, they have a happier physician and keep them on staff, you know, that that's good for patient outcomes um, and the physician as well. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more too about um, some of the programs or like the way that your coaching is structured. Do you have like coaching arcs or amount of time that you usually tend to work with people or, um, yeah. you know, what kind mm -hmm. of tools do you, do you um, focus on um, with, with your clients? Yeah. So uh, my program right now is a 12 week program and I work with clients one on one when we meet weekly. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of so the training that I've done, the life coach certification is, um, you know, very mindset based. And so it's working on looking at our thoughts and how our thoughts create our results. So like you mentioned earlier, if you want a different result, kind of working backwards, if this is the goal, this is where you want to go. Um, how do you get there and what actions do you take and how do you have to be thinking to get to that point? And the other side is looking at the results you have now. How did you get to this point? What are the thoughts and feelings and actions that got you here? Um, once you can understand where you're at, then you can make changes. And so, um, it, it's really fun to work with people and kind of help them have that, uh, realization and awareness. Um, I also work, you know, with people in terms of time management. I'm a huge fan of time management. I think you have to be as a woman physician, especially if you have kids. Um, but that is one of my passions. And so we work on time management strategies too. So I have the kind of like helpful, um, you know, to like action oriented stuff but a lot of mindset as well. And uh, I feel like it pairs really well together. Um, you know, we'll go over things together in calls and then work on things between calls. We'll kind of work on stuff via email as well. And, um, and so I'm working on um, a group program as well at this point, starting a group program. That is wonderful. And how can people get in touch with you? Um, like what kind of uh, social media resources do you have um, or a website or anything like that? I do have a website. It's drtala.com. So that's um, the word doctor spelled out and then my name, T-A-L-A. And then I'm on Instagram at, um, so that's D-R-T-A-L-A um, dot K. Kasim is my last name. And um, same uh, Facebook page and then on, on LinkedIn as well. So um, any of those, I am on Instagram the most and I do Instagram lives about once a month um, with different, you know, um, like helpful tactics around, like I said, to-do list, time management, procrastination, perfectionism, all those kind of things that we deal with in one way or another um, and um, interact with people a lot through there on Instagram. That's awesome. And we will put all of these links 
in our show notes so that you can get in touch with Dr. Tala um, if you feel so inclined to do so um, and maybe inquire about her coaching programs. And it sounds like there's a lot to be learned, especially in group coaching. I think that that sounds really exciting. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to offer that uh, dynamic as well. It's just a totally different thing, but super fun and, and rewarding. So great. That is awesome. I know that um, time management does come up a lot, um, especially in people where I'm kind of coaching them through how to start a private practice. I think that, you know, having timelines and, you know, being able to plan out your day is very important. But in my field, it's a little bit tough because emergencies come up and there's no way to plan for those. But there is a way to plan, like you were saying, you know, when you think about your thoughts and how those thoughts create results, I mean, there are ways that you can plan for emergencies and say, this is how I'm going to react when an emergency comes up and um, tries to throw a monkey wrench into my schedule for the day. (laughs) Exactly. You kind of like put in a buffer for the unpredicted, like you make the unpredictable predictable in a way. So yeah, it's a whole tactic in and of itself for sure. (laughs) Yes. So I um, really do appreciate working on time management skills. I think that that is very important for um, very busy physicians. So that that's a wonderful resource. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's super fun. And like I said, very rewarding and it's great to work with other physicians because it's like, we just, there's just that unspoken understanding and, you know, just being in the same room. It's like, we know what we've been through. I know what you've been through to some extent, right. Our residencies are maybe different, but just being woman and physician, it's just a really powerful group of people that I love working with and, I have felt very seen. And so I love to share that with other, with other women. So it's fun. So if you could give any advice to any younger um, physicians, people who are maybe early in their career, what what is something that has helped you the most in, um, in your career that you could put out there for other people to learn from? It's kind of similar to what I said earlier, but I think getting clear on my boundaries has been huge. And I think that was a lot of my burnout is doing what I thought I was supposed to do. Like at one point I realized I wanted to be the doctor who said yes to all the patients and then realized, but why? Like, that's just, it's running me into the ground and causing me to feel resentment and and anger at the whole system. And so getting clear on what your boundaries are, like if you have a late policy, you know, now I've been very clear on my late policy. That's been huge to a boundary for me to hold. Of course, if there's someone coming from three hours away, you know, in a wheelchair elderly, of course, I'm going to see them. But to some extent, you have to take care of yourself. And it doesn't mean you don't take care of the patients, but you have to take care of yourself and understanding what your boundaries are and getting clear on them was a huge way for me. So to any young doctors out there, if you don't know what that means, because at first I was like, I don't even know what a boundary is. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, we're here to help you. But starting to understand what your boundaries are in terms of patients, other clinicians, you know, other staff in, in every aspect of your career and what your yeses and your nos are and, you know, standing by that, respecting that. 
And I can even see that like trickling down into um, personal lives of, you know, high achieving professionals, you know, just setting boundaries and, you know, making a healthier environment for themselves in, in all aspects. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It, it goes throughout. Yes. Personal and career. So yeah. Well, Dr. Talat, I truly do appreciate talking with you today and speaking about your journey and how you're out there to help your colleagues in medicine um, through burnout or even, you know, taking steps to prevent that. And um, for all of the listeners out there, again, we are going to have her um, social media and um, website tags in our show notes. So if you want to get in touch with her, um, that would be wonderful. And thank you again. We appreciate your time. Thank you. So nice to chat with you. Thanks for having me on and listening. And um, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much.